You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Where is Adam? Well, I... Who is that man in the van? And where did this bunny come from? All right, I confess, I did it! Did what? I blew up the baby! Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies you watched growing up, the ones you're nostalgic about, and we watch them. Objectively, we let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week we watched 1992's sci-fi adventure family comedy, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Uh, not really an MO of ours, I think, Brandon, this movie, uh, but obviously... Uh, for those of you who are probably looking at the title, you know there is a special reason we were doing this movie. Yeah, that because that that franchise sounds familiar, but the first one came out in 1989. However, we've got a guest on the show, and this this movie kind of important for him. Returning guest Jamie Guyon. I feel like you guys are putting a lot of pressure on me to try to defend this. You <laughs> you have a mountain to climb, my friend. I was going to say now Jamie has been on the show. Uh, twice before. This is his third and uh, probably fourth. 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 I think it's his fourth, fourth. actually. Hang on. So oh, he, he wow. did his... Three Ninjas. He yep. did... Oh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. I feel like there's another and, one. Yeah, there's here. another one. Uh, I forgot. We'll remember it at some point, maybe. Probably won't. Uh, probably not. It's his fourth and most likely final appearance after <laughs> this suggestion. Um, Jamie, answer for your fucking crimes. Well, you know, uh, as a kid... Uh, when you see a thing in theaters that's fantastical, you, you kind of get enamored by it. And you uh, lie to yourself for many years thinking it's good. And when you watch it as a 35-year-old man, you realize how fucking stupid you were. <laughs> but this was this was like your first theatrical My first experience. theater Okay, experience. all right. Wow. So I guess that kind of explains it because I would think anybody who would suggest this movie... That, now, this movie, I believe, Brandon, and I'm sure you'll dive into this, is a trilogy. That's right. <laughs> you suggested... The second and probably the dumbest one, Jamie. You know, I would kind of agree after thinking about the third one again. Uh, yeah. I had high hopes because this is a movie I have not seen. I didn't see this before this viewing, and I was wondering maybe it's a Godfather 2 scenario better than the first. <laughs> because I, I don't know about you, Zach, but I was kind of a fan of that first one. However, after revisiting the trailer for the third one, which we'll get into, mind you, uh, that's the one I saw much more often as a kid. The one, number one and number three. I had no idea this one even existed. Yeah, I actually, when you told me last week that we were going to do this movie, Brandon, I I didn't know which one it was. I had never heard of it. Like you, though, <laughs> I think out of all three of them, I watched the third one the most. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. I think because Brandon and we're obviously a little younger than Jamie here, but um, that one was probably in our age wheelhouse when it came out. I have seen the first one, but once and very, very, very long ago, I barely remember what happened other than they get shrunk. Um, the ki- the kids, that is. <laughs> yeah. J- Jamie and I rewatched the first one right before doing Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. So quite the double feature. And wow. that revisiting that first one, 
yeah, I had maybe only seen that one once or twice. It really was the third one that I kept thinking of. The cockroaches, the Hot Wheels, all mm-hmm. that bullshit. The kid party, them falling in the dip shit or whatever. Like the oh, dip yeah, dip. the dip. <laughs> yes. And then when I remember trying to explain that, Jamie was like, I don't think that's the first one either. And so I thought it was some sort of weird Mandela effect that I was just thinking up these events never actually happened. Because after the first one, it's like, oh, no, those are just those are just the kids getting shrunk. There's no small Rick Moranis. No. There is a small Rick Moranis in the third one. Yeah, that's Riz. Because this is, of course, a sequel to 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was directed by Joe Johnston. Yep. NBD fucking, you know, Hall of Famer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. This one, however, directed by Randall Kleiser, who also brought us Grease, Blue Lagoon, Summer Lovers, Grandview USA, Flight of the Navigator, Big Top Pee Wee, Getting It Right, White Fang, It's My Party, Shadow of a Doubt, Love Wrecked, and Red Riding Hood. Not... The Amanda Seyfried one. And uh, this one here, the sequel, has the lowest <laughs> critical reception and fan reception. It's got a 4.9 on IMDb and a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. First one by comparison has a 6.4 and a 76% on the tomato meter. <sighs> yeah, you know, again. <laughs> so I, I actually, this is my first Honey movie ever. Because so I watched this before this. this yeah, okay. Which is maybe why I was so excited about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't have to tease towards the end, but we can, we all know how it holds up. <laughs> Easy, Jamie. I don't think we've, we've gone into enough detail to give our, our opinions yet. I'm not, I'm just tipping my hand a little bit. So Honey, I Blew Up the Kid cost $40 million to make. It earned $58 million in the States and was not released worldwide. It placed 22nd on the domestic charts that year. Aladdin, of course, number one in 92. But in terms of live action family entertainment, was only beat out by previous episode Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. So, still pretty big. However, it even managed to outgross Beethoven, the original Mighty Ducks, Encino Man, the last episode I think that Jamie guessed on, Three Ninjas, (laughs) previous episode Muppet Christmas Carol, and Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Wow. (laughs) That first one, though, I didn't realize how much of a monster that was at the box office. It came in number five on the box office charts in 1989, Made 130 million in the states, something like 220 million worldwide, and beat out high-profile sequels like Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters 2. It was only beat by Batman, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon 2, and Look Who's Talking. So, what a fucking year that was. Rick Moranis at the height of his power, man. And <sighs> man, and, I miss that guy. Yeah, I do too. I not really, dead, just really, retired. Yeah, right. Seemingly after, after so. I believe the death of his wife, right? Yeah, he cared for her, and then she passed away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got quite the sad story, but he's, I love every movie, any movie he is in, I can give almost a passing grade, we'll see about this one, uh, just because <laughs> of his appearance, god damn it, I love that guy. Quick roundtable favorite Rick Moranis movie, and uh, Jamie, I swear to god if you say this movie, <laughs> we're, we're taking your mic, you're done. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Little Shop of Horrors, I don't know if that's my favorite like performance of his, but I, I do like him in that. I, I love all his little side characters, honestly, when he's doing the character actor stuff like Ghostbusters. Sure. Yeah, I think Ghostbusters is my favorite performance of his. Yeah. And I'm going to say Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh, nice. what a yeah. slut. Love that movie. <laughs> yeah, you sing that karaoke quite often. Which What's the song? Which one was Suddenly it? Seymour. I sang it in college. <laughs> <laughs> they paid me a scholarship to sing that, buddy. <laughs> So, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, it's set three years after the events depicted in the first film. That first film 
bizarrely co-written by Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna, who you may know from some weird-ass, like, 1980s body horror movies, like Society and uh, Reanimator from Beyond. Just some weird, which I guess makes sense when you watch the movies, because there's some, just sure. some weird shit going on there. This would not be the last film. The franchise continued, like we mentioned, with a sequel called Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, released in 1997. It was Disney's first live-action direct-to-video sequel, and as of now, the most recent film appearance from Rick Moranis hasn't acted in anything since except for some voice work here and there and some TV movies and okay. television appearances, but no theatrically released films. I guess this one wasn't also, but uh, uh, however, at the time of recording right now, and who knows if this actually comes to fruition in the future, but there is a sequel slash soft reboot of the series set to star Rick Moranis and Josh Gad <laughs> no. called Shrunk which will supposedly come out next year and is, and is set to be directed by Joe Johnston. So Josh Gad definitely plays Rick Moranis' kid, right? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, That's how, It's yeah. going to be, we're going to see like a fucking vacation reboot where fucking Chevy Chase is in it for five <laughs> minutes telling Ed Helms that, well, you're me now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And of course there was a, a television series based off the movie and a theme park attraction ride. I think at Disney? Yes. Maybe Universal? Like, yeah, I think it's Disney. Did you guys watch the show? No, I didn't even know there was a show. Dude. Jamie, why would you even bring it up? <laughs> because I watched it religiously. <laughs> Did dude. you really? Pete Scolari really? played Rick Moranis' character. It was not bad. It went oh how many seasons? God, Jamie. Huh? Was it more than one like season? Two or three. Wow. Yeah, it was on for a while. Oh. Wow. wow. <sighs> well, thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. That's it. See you guys. <laughs> that's, Jamie, that's all Jamie's here for? Have a good one, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, see you, see you next week. <laughs> the film was not originally written as a sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It was actually originally titled Big Baby and was about a toddler who grew to giant size by a freak accident involving a growth ray and eventually terrorized Las Vegas in sort of a Godzilla-like way. But Disney, they saw dollar signs with franchise potential, so it had, uh, had it rewritten to be a sequel. And uh, lastly, Disney would find themselves the subject of a lawsuit, though, because of this film. Uh, a guy named Paul Atler, Alter, sorry, in 1991, claimed to have written a screenplay titled, titled Now That's a Baby, <laughs> which had uh, not been made into a film yet, but had received some sort of treatment beforehand. Either way, Disney was forced to pay 300 grand in damages. So Insulting that uh, the court sided with this man. Like, this isn't the easiest fucking screenplay idea <laughs> in the goddamn world. Yeah. Ugh, what if a baby was big? <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly, rated PG for frenetic action. Ooh. Oh, really? Disney Plus <laughs> Disney Plus said it was tobacco use. Oh, shit. <laughs> These motherfuckers. Maybe IMDb's giving me conflicting information. This I'll have to do a little bit more research next time, I yeah. guess, on my MPAA ratings. Yeah. All right. Anything uh, else, gentlemen, before we jump in? I think I'm good. I think so. Well, I wouldn't have remembered this had I not just watched the first one, but this does start with another, like, classically hand-drawn credit sequence. This one's now set to Bruce Broughton's score. Uh, James Newton Howard did the... I'm sorry, James Horner. I always mix those two up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow, James oh Horner, God. the legendary James Horner. He did the score for the first one, and I really enjoyed that theme. Yeah. Again, I hadn't revisited that film in a long time, so that was kind of fun. This one... A little bit lazy. Yes. <laughs> a little bit lazy score, I will say. Uh, and honestly, you'll notice quite a bit <laughs> about this being lazy, just lacking that energy and the creativity of its predecessors right from the get-go. Kind of an indication of where we might be hidden. Right. What, you mean like they might have just mailed in this sequel? <laughs> no, no, not at all, man. No. 
Uh, well, where we do end up is Vista Del Mar. We're no longer in California, which is where the first one took place. And I kept thinking, why? I kept wondering, why did they do this? And honestly, it, it, Zach, it must be just because they wanted this baby in Las Vegas, right? It was. And Jamie, I'm sorry you weren't privy to this, but I specifically texted Brandon about this. Like, why do they keep telling us this is in Nevada? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Oh, and I was really sad to see that, um, what's his face from the first one? The couple next door, the neighbors. Matt Frewer? Matt Frewer. He didn't return. I really like those neighbor characters, and I was expecting them to just be in this one as well, because I think this movie would have greatly benefited from being in the same location, just being back in that California neighborhood with the, the neighbors involved somehow again. Instead of uprooting them, they, they take almost the entire cast away. Like, half of them are gone most of the movie. And then it's needlessly in Nevada just so that we can get to this stupid fucking Las Vegas yep. climax. Yeah, Brandon, shut your mouth. How, how else are we going to stomp through <laughs> Las Vegas? He could run pretty fast, you know what I mean? Nevada's not too far. Just one state over, dude. Or you could put it in L.A. <laughs> That's true. So Vista Del Mar, Nevada, and how do we know we're back in Zelensky territory? He's got an asshole mailbox. <laughs> we know right from the get-go this is a flubber-like character, Zach. Oh, dude, it was the first thing I thought of. Why do we insist on fucking smart people having to have the weirdest fucking shit in the neighborhood? <laughs> well, this is like a, the first in a long line of references. I think they were trying to be clever and reference other scientists and or sci-fi movies. So the, the next door mailbox was Brown, like Emmett Brown. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, oh because, yeah. because there's much later we'll talk about as we get. Oh, oh All God. right, you got me. You got Jamie, me. you fucking nerd. <laughs> Hey, don't bash me. So like we mentioned, three years after inventor Wayne Zielinski, of course, Rick Moranis, uh, accidentally shrunk his and his next door neighbor's kids. They've now moved to Nevada and have welcomed a new son, two-year-old Adam. (laughs) (laughs) This may be our our youngest candidate for (laughs) the worst (laughs) lead protagonist because this kid was a little shit and a half. Honestly, all the kids in this movie, even the the daughter who's in it for... (laughs) Two seconds for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy because the entire family cast returns. We've got Marcia Strassman as the mother, Diane, Amy O'Neill, who's in it for a second as Amy Zielinski. She's headed off real quick. Robert Oliveri as Nick, who looks much older than so he did. Yeah, 18. He might as well have a fucking mustache because in that first one, I mean, a couple years, three years have passed. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, in, in puberty age, that's a lot. You change quite a bit. And his whole thing, by the way, in this movie is puberty. And he's worried people are going to call him a nerd in need of bashing. Well, (laughs) they have a fucking point. Okay, look at this, kid. I mean, there's a reason why she wasn't in the the movie. Because because they rewrote Big Baby into this. It was a parallel. They had these characters that fit easily. They didn't have an older sister role. So they just kind of wrote her out as if she went to college. Wow. wow that's fucking bold. That's mean. Yeah, yeah we don't need yeah. another woman cluttering up this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So Diane, she leaves with Amy. She's going to yeah, settle into her dorm at college, leaving Wayne to le- look after Adam and Nick. Diane, as she's leaving, she tells her husband, by the way, and we mentioned, like, maybe we shouldn't mention this, but God damn it, it's so weird. She's yes. like, do not use the N-word in front of the kids. And I kept thinking, like, wait. Oh, no, I'm glad you brought it up because it was a jaw-dropping moment <laughs> Yeah, and that word, of course, is nap, but come on. Come on. The, 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 the 90s were a different time, my friend. <laughs> I guess so, man, because, yeah, people would have their pitchforks out today. If you don't say one N-word. <laughs> yeah. That's the N-word so, we avoid in this house. 
Ew. I don't like the Selinskis. Uh, so cut to Wayne arriving at work, and of course he's got a fucking nonsense van with satellites and shit all over it because it can't be a Subaru like everyone was fucking driving in the nineties. Oh, it has to be solar powered. Which like he mentions, he mentions that because th- there was cloud cover or something, he doesn't have power. <laughs> like he lost power, and it's like I don't think that's how it's irresponsible. <laughs> movies like this, why we don't have solar yep. paneling on every goddamn house in this country. <laughs> Exactly. It looked like a discount cardboard like DeLorean. Yeah. It looked awful. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, he's fucking getting us out of the New Deal over here. <laughs> um, Sterling Labs <laughs> is where he works. It's also where he has constructed an advanced prototype of his shrink ray, which could make objects grow. However, is not working, not successful at the moment. Huh. But Nick, his young son, son, is crushing hardcore on this girl, Mandy, a 16-year-old Carrie Russell in her film debut, Gotta say, man, not a fan of how this camera shot her when she's introduced <laughs> at the bathing suit at a water park. I, like, 16, dude. Seriously, yeah. man. Like, I, I really, two shocking moments right in a row in this movie. <laughs> Use of the N-word and, <laughs> and how they sexualize this young girl. It is, dude, it's not very Disney of them. <laughs> no, no. And we mentioned at work, he also, his co-worker, John Shea, who plays Dr. Charles Hendrickson, he is under the assumption that Wayne's, you know, a, a total chode. This guy sucks. And he's actually looking to push him out of this whole enlarging Ray project. It's just not how yeah. this would work in real life. So they essentially, they cucked Wayne out of his job, <laughs> out of his creation. Like, go away. Go away. Fuck, we got this. Yeah. But they basically treat him like he's the one who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. You know right. what I mean? Like, why are they acting like the guy who fucking made it is like, dude, you don't know anything about this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit about your shrinking technology? This one's supposed to make people big and it's not doing it, man. <laughs> make it big, you fucking nerd. And like, that's the other thing is they have a nice house, but shouldn't he be a fucking millionaire? But wait, what happened? What happened from the first one? Because he tells his kids later on, like, you remember what we told you not to tell anyone that you got shrunk and all this stuff? Like, do people know about his invention? I mean, clearly they do enough to, like, give him this new invention prototype or whatever, work with him. So I just don't understand why he's not a famous scientist or I don't know. You know, it's actually, Brandon, funny you bring that up. I think a theme that I was expecting to see in this movie that they kind of dive into and then just pull out of right away is that this character really doesn't have any balls. You know what I mean? Like, he can't stand up for himself. Sure. And like even his son is yelling at him like, dude, that's your invention. Why are you letting him push him out? And then they just drop it once his fucking baby gets grown. Like they never come back and revisit this. It would have been good character growth if they yeah. had just been like, dude, stand up to your boss. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase and John Candy were first considered for the role in the very first movie. So I wonder well, how that would have played. You know, you can't cuck John Candy. No. So no, you can't cuck Uncle Buck. <laughs> It's, well, it sounds like there was a line of exposition, like when you licensed your shrink ray to Wayne, this industry or whatever, sure. this selling industries. And I think it would have been, he probably just had a bad deal. He probably just didn't get the money oh, he needed. He must have because, and then all of his coworkers and all these people, these scientists still treat him like shit. Like he's a fucking idiot. He calls him, references Einstein or whatever. And like, you're not even the fucking same league, you yeah. asshole. Shrink <laughs> this. <laughs> The next day, Wayne brings his two sons to the lab to test out his new idea on Adam's favorite stuffed toy, this fucking bunny. So, you know, Adam, being a dumb kid, wanders over in the middle of this experiment completely unsupervised and gets shot with the ray. 
And he starts growing kind of slowly at first, but even on the drive home, he gets his thick ass stuck in the car seat there. And uh. If I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't, you know? <laughs> right. And he, I mean, he's even telling his dad, like, I'm big, I'm big. He keeps repeating it over and over again. But Moranis, he's also kind of not in the right headspace because he's upset with how his son's behaving, he wants to spend some more time with the, you know, the, the hormonal one. So he calls up Mandy, the babysitter, to come over and watch him. Which, by the way, also co- total cuck move. This is the 90s when kids used to be able to left, you know, home alone with babies. Instead of, you know, using the son who's the same age or roughly around there, he's like, no, I gotta call a babysitter to right. watch after you, you fucking numb nuts. And I love... Like, so this is supposed to obviously be the kid's love interest. She sucks, like, right off the bat, <laughs> right? She's like the She's worst. super mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know. I don't like stupid. She's something like stupid children or something. Yeah, and she's also super into her uh, pay. She's like very adamant that she makes two fifty oh. an hour. I want three hours at least. That's seven fifty, brah. And if I have to do anything like feed the fucking kid or change his goddamn <laughs> diaper, you're paying me more money. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's still a good deal, even in early nineties dollars. I, I mean, think, yeah. Oh so. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, she's gonna make buku bucks off. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne throws some food in the microwave. I mean, he's trying to rush around, I think, trying to take his son to the movies or some shit. The radio waves from the microwave cause the kid to grow exponentially as well as the bunny. And this is all illustrated through classic 90s, you know, blue electric fucking <laughs> surge wave things. And, uh, man, I can do without this whole electricity waves makes the kid grow faster thing. Okay, you guys you guys watched the first movie. I did not. Yes. And I've never seen this movie. So you tell me. <laughs> this. I don't remember this being a fucking thing in the no. first movie. No, no. This is... No, they just new. get shrunk and the whole joy of the whole movie is watching them fucking play with bugs and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> run around the backyard. So what is the fucking... What is the logic in adding like that he needs radioactive or electricity to grow bigger? I think it's just because they can't have the kid get enormous immediately because they have a whole fucking middle act to fill. But yeah, from a story's perspective, it really makes no sense. I think it's just so that he grows slower, I guess. I don't know, man. Because now he's seven feet fucking tall. Ew. I can't. Dude, I cannot. So every time it shows this kid, every (laughs) time. So... The effect is clearly a marriage of this baby on a tiny set with Moranis and Oliveri in front of a green screen. And then sometimes when they're shooting from behind the kid, it's clearly an adult in like a fucking adult cabbage patch doll suit or something. And then other times it's just the baby, but a baby at seven feet tall who has all the correct proportions is disturbing. I don't like it. I do not like the look of this. I don't know how to describe it. It's... It's so unpleasant to look at. <laughs> They're like, it's like a garbage pail kid. It's like a mascot sized person. Yeah. 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 A huge flat head with a shaky wig. <laughs> and we paused it because there was a couple of shots from behind Moranis that were like, that's not Rick Moranis. Is that like a kid? And sure enough, it's either a kid or a little person dressed up like Rick Moranis when they're trying to shoot from, like, behind. And, dude, it's <laughs> so disturbing. I mean... When you've got, like, fucking, yeah, mascot kid and, and little person Moranis in one shot together, it just looks bizarre. Everything about it. And, like, them pretending to look up at this clearly, like, what is a tennis ball or something. It just... It, it's not looking right. good from any, <laughs> any shot. No, but I will say Moranis... 
He's putting in the fucking work, dude. You can't hate that guy. <laughs> I know a lot of shots had like a, a a diopter kind of kind of vibe to it, like where it was like split screen because yeah. they had a real set. Yeah, some of it was kind of impressive, and then obviously most of it's shit. But right, because uh, when the kid is interacting in shots all by himself, right. and it's just like the Lord of the Rings or Elf set, I don't mind that stuff. That's kind of fun. It's when he's in the shot with other adult actors that it just is so disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it really. You know, what? by the time this baby, and spoiler alert, this happens, the baby grows to be, like, Godzilla-sized. Wait, what? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> nobody sees it coming. But, <laughs> but yeah, by the time this baby is fucking huge, like, it still looks bad, but at least, like, you're getting over it and you get the shtick that they're going for. But when it is this size, where it's, like, just, like, the size of LeBron James and that's it... <laughs> It's so fucking weird. <laughs> so they dress him like an adult. They bring him to the lab. And of course, he's spotted by Dr. Hendrickson. But Wayne just tells him that this is his uncle Janusz from Yugoslavia. <laughs> okay. The doctor believes it. Unfortunately, Wayne, his last fucking experiment, wiped the whole system. So now none of his research exists. Yep. That's a bummer. But he gets home, and Diane has returned much earlier than expected. And this was a surprise to me. I thought they were just going to write all the women out of this movie entirely. But no, she comes back, so that's nice. They try. Yeah. And she faints when she sees her kid, just like every woman does in this movie. There's at least three women who faint. Three fainting women in this. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't with with the iconic line? Right. Honey, I blew up the baby. Kid. No. Honey, I blew up the kid. They were going to call it Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, but they worried people would take disturbing connotations from that, which, I mean, baby, kid, blowing up, it's all all relative, baby. It's all the same. Yeah. I was was expecting there to be a plot um, where, because, you know, like, he's... He gets the idea looking at a balloon. I was half expecting this plot to be like, well, if this baby keeps getting bigger, he's going to pop. <laughs> yeah, or like we have to kill it. We have to blow it up like they do beached whales. Yeah. Like, yes, That'd be cool. kill the kid. <laughs> and Adam, what a fucking nightmare this kid is. Because imagine a kid, a baby, the only thing that keeps that baby in line is the fact that you are larger than it and right. can enforce your will on this baby. And so this is a... Parents' literal worst fucking nightmare, in my opinion. <laughs> he's destroying all the furniture. He's ripping door off, doors off the hinges and shit. God. God. Eventually, they create this, like, makeshift playpen with some netting, and they make some giant rattles and shit. <laughs> and the craziest thing this kid does is munch an entire box of ice cream sandwiches, which likely wrecks his diaper. <laughs> I mean, I did that as a kid, but then I just gained a lot of weight. <laughs> Oh, the whole box? Fuck. And this is something they skate by, but it was on my mind. I'm sure it's on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. That kid must have shin-length shits. That thing is huge. The shit's oh. got to be pounds. That diaper is filled. Not where I thought you were going with that one. Okay, oh. never mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. I also thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait. Now i got to know where you guys thought I was going with this. I thought you were talking big baby dicks, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Huge well, yeah, sure, but that I just can't picture that coming into the plot. I would imagine at some point there's going to be like, oh, we got to change the diaper, and they got to you, like, you know get a truck or something. You're you're right though, and it's such a good point you bring up. Not a single goddamn fucking fart joke in this movie. Yeah, the only Wait. one we get is a raspberry. The kid blows the fart. I was super excited because it sounded exactly like a canned fart, mm-hmm. and then I saw him make the the noise again with his mouth, and I I deducted points because in my <laughs> mind, when they fake a fart like that, that's 
Yeah. That's I a mean, sin I can't abide. <laughs> it's one thing it's one thing when you don't have a fart joke in a movie, but when you <laughs> pretend to have a fart joke yeah, in a to movie. To get my hopes up like that and then wow. Yeah. It's fucked up, Jamie. We thought, we thought you were classier, Disney. <laughs> Thankfully, Wayne remembers his original machine is actually kept in the lab security warehouse. So he and Diane rush off to get it. They leave Adam in tr- uh, with Nick at the moment, but Mandy is set to arrive as he's tucking him in. This is uh, another reference, by the way. Two? This warehouse has the same box uh, from uh, where the Co- Ark of the Covenant is. Oh. It has the same lettering on the side, and then apparently Rosebud Sled's also there. It's stupid. Ooh, you this know. movie, dude. You know what? It's what? it's rising. This is a fucking it's a fucking smart movie. <laughs> it's rising yes, in it estimation. <sighs> <sighs> Mandy arrives, and that, like this is exactly where Adam opens the door, starts blowing raspberries. Uh, this is where she faints. Every woman right. has to, and she awakens tied to a chair. This started to get in a little, <laughs> a little bit weird. Didn't like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like gagged and tied to a chair. Then Adam, the baby, starts dancing to some Richard Simmons on TV, a little locomotion. That brought me back. <laughs> <laughs> but because it's made, you know, the TV's plugged in, dude, that means electrical waves from the TV. Oh, shit, it's going to make the baby grow even larger. And he breaks out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crashes a kid's birthday party, which also causes the lady magician to faint. Oh. <laughs> uh- she deserved it. She's one of the HOA people, like, ob- obsessively, like, stalking somebody else's, like, life. Just let them be. Let them live. Yeah, they're having a lot of noise. They're not causing any charm. Let them be. Poor people. Oh, I hate those people. She fell in a pool, too. I'm glad she didn't drown. Yeah, she did. No, Julie Sweeney helped her. It's fine. Oh, that's right, which Julie Sweeney has shown up several times on this podcast. We saw her in Stuart Little, and there was a movie just a couple of weeks ago that she was in, too, that escapes me. But fucking, we are sweet. We're Sweeney's soldiers, too, now. <laughs> I mean, it's Pat the movie. Schneider and Sweeney. Never do it's Pat the movie. I don't. I can promise we won't. Good, um, Jamie. I'm never taking a fucking recommendation from you <laughs> ever again, good or bad. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> it's fair. So Wayne and Diane they pick up the original prototype. On their way home, they end up accidentally shrinking some state troopers. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. At least gave me the spark of that original because I can't stress how much funner these movies are when it's just shrinking people. Just make people tiny. I've seen the big thing. Just stay in your lane and shrunk, or shrunk the kids franchise. <laughs> right? I mean, there's only so much you can do with fucking big things anyway. All they do is get in the way and destroy shit. So when they get back home, the home's practically destroyed. They're little suburbs in shambles. And Nick and Mandy are now in search of Adam. But they're taken into custody, and Adam is placed into a truck off-screen. Uh, Hendrickson has summoned Clifford Sterling, the company chairman. Who's he played by again, Jay? Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd RIP. Bridges. Yes, yes. Airplane himself. With, <laughs> with the uh, the plan to fire Wayne, have him and Diane arrested and experiment on Adam. But when Sterling arrives, he fires Hendrickson, much to Wayne's <laughs> and Diane's amazement, and they all set out to find Adam, who's escaped and now headed for Las Vegas. Your son's escaped and he's 50 feet tall. Nice. Ron Canada had the best lines ever. <laughs> Dude, what else is this guy in? He's I in everything. He was in Ted 2. We watched recently. He's a bunch of stuff, but he he, he always shows up. You'll Once you look him up, you'll recognize him in everything you've ever I was going to say, I've seen this guy many, many times. Adam mistakes Nick and Mandy, though, for some toys, and they put them inside his fucking overalls pocket. Again, getting a little more of that shrunk the kids because they're now, you know, at the perspective of a giant baby. So, again, this cat part's 
a little fun. It's still at least clever. I mean, there's something going on where they're inside the fucking pocket and there's all sort of like Legos and bullshit in there. He's always doing that. I find the strangest, the strangest things in his pocket, like foreshadowing. Nice. Classic. Good writing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, but I also want to point out what makes this pocket thing fun is, again, the fact that they're tiny compared to everything <laughs> else in there. If only this movie was about fucking shrinking people. <laughs> Police try to set up a blockade because at this point, he's on a tear. He's ripping up billboards and shit, destroying everything in his past. They chopper in Big Bunny to try to coax Adam toward the shrink ray. <sighs> we didn't mention this before, but no. Rick Moranis does this whole thing with the bunny because it's obviously his favorite toy. So he does this voice that's like, Twinker, Twinker. And to hear him then have to recall that anyway and do it over the megaphone at this like climactic moment. Man, it's just so weird. <laughs> I remember writing down, I was like, I think during the car- cartoon, they have a bunny, I believe. And I'm like, oh, no, I forgot about Big Bunny. Like, I was, and it started to come back to me. I'm like, why did I do this? Dude? Why did I do this to Zach and Brandon? This is bad. This is, this is all we were talking about, Brandon yeah, and I. Just, just picture a helicopter lifting, I mean, a fucking 40, 50 foot tall mm-hmm. rabbit in the air with Rick Moranis on top of it, screaming and twinkling, twinkling little star on a megaphone at this giant baby. And you're going to get it. You're going to get why this movie's good. And then it goes. <laughs> and then they say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, they say yeah. nap, and he starts losing it, dude, because that's the only N-word he does not want to hear. <laughs> so he starts stomping all around and shit. Hendrickson, meanwhile, he gets a tranquilizer cannon to subdue the baby. I, I mean, he's seen as the real villain here, but come on. In real life, they would have lit that baby up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, that baby gets killed. <laughs> the me? first sight of that thing, yeah, crossing we state lines. We have to stop the babies. Man, you could have another child, right? Oh, Great. yeah. Wow. Wow. Take her down. Yeah, exactly. Light them up. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, no, no. Nick and Mandy end up in a car at one point that Adam also mistakes for a toy, swings them all around here. Again, this is where they're really blowing their wad on their uh, budget. Mm-hmm. You know, all the action sequences here. Uh, eventually, they get the idea because he likes ice cream. Let's put an ice cream truck down there and trick the fucking stupid baby. Dude, the... <sighs> I'm sorry, the whole second act of this movie is just them, like, doing fucking stupid plans that just don't work. Yep. Like, nothing in this movie fucking pans out. Yeah, because he's now 100 feet tall, because, mind you, the neon lights of the Vegas Strip have made him grow even more. <laughs> and that's a huge plot point, is like, don't let him get to the Strip because of the lights. Fuck. But he got there. So he, not only is he playing peekaboo from behind buildings, but he also spots the Hard Rock Cafe's guitar. There's also been a little running gag where he keeps playing uh, Nick's guitar. And Nick, because he's trying to get chicks, wants a bigger dick. He uh very upset about this. <laughs> so anyway. Can I sidebar? There's no, there's no fucking way Nick would ever play guitar. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Man. No, wow. I mean, no. no, I. you know what? I agree with Jamie. He's a fucking... <laughs> You <laughs> like oh, honestly, he, like I, I'm actually glad Jamie you brought this up because in the beginning he's like playing guitar and he's like, "What if nobody thinks I'm cool, dude? You're playing guitar. Yeah. You shut the fuck yeah. up." <laughs> also, uh, we watched the first one, but he took him like four to six months to realize this French kissing jokes from the first movie. 
Ugh. Remember that, dude? Oh, yeah, Classic. dude. That's right, because... He's dumb. He was kissing... Was it his sister? His sister, yeah. And the neighbor kissing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. So he's not the brightest guy. He's not the brightest guy, yeah, that's for sure. Like the dumbest smart guy. But in the first one, he was super obsessed with his dad's, you know, contraptions and stuff, and he yeah. was building stuff alongside him. It seems in the sequel here, he's more about rock and roll and <laughs> pussy. <laughs> <laughs> As any teenager would be. Makes sense. So, where were you when uh, you forgot about inventions <laughs> and started thinking about freaking boobies? <laughs> so, this is at the point where I even actually said out loud, I think I had said this, like, why don't you just make yourself big and fucking, you know, stop the kid or whatever? And I was hoping they kind of didn't do that, but, mm. you know. I guess wise minds think alike because uh, that's what she does. Diane realizes that's the only way to stop him. She needs to get big because babies need their mom and they need that show of authority. You know what I mean? Because, again, like I said, if a baby's bigger than you, it will probably try to kill you. What if they blew her up by accident? Oh, dude, that would be awesome. They blew everything else up with that friggin' shrink ray. Yeah. Honey, I killed you with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) I need a lawyer. Um, So... She stops the helicopter from shooting him with the tranquilizer because this tranquilizer, the guy's in, it looks like a fucking semi-automatic, like some sort of automatic (laughs) rifle up there. Like he's trying to take this uh, Godzilla down or some shit, but he keeps missing inexplicably. I'm so glad you brought that up too. We skimmed over the racist Godzilla reference in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in there. Exactly what you think it is. That's what it is. Yeah, picture what we're thinking. What? That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's exactly what you think it is. Ugh. But she manages to calm him down long enough for them to get both get shot with the shrink ray. I don't remember how she does this. It's just a soothing voice, right? Like, come to mommy type deal. I think she was holding him. At the point, it was just, she was holding him at one yeah. point. She's like, come on, Wayne. Yep. And uh, they shoot them with the shrink ray. And... I was wondering this, too, because the kids were inside his overall pocket. Well, then they must be shrunk, too. And God damn it. That's that's what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, again, I tip my hat to you, screenwriter. <laughs> Hendrickson gets punched in the face. Classic end of a movie 90s style yep. where the bad guy takes one sucker punch mm-hmm. to the ground by a woman. Oof. What? By a woman. That's right. Yes, because he faints. Now you got it. That's how you know she's empowering. Can we say, by the way, he's like an evil Stephen Colbert? <laughs> he does, yeah. He looks like even evil Stephen Colbert. And then uh, Wayne kind of is like a nerdier yeah, Stephen Goomberg based on his voice. He does look a lot like Goots. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Wayne and Diane then realize that, uh, yeah, Nick and Mandy had somehow disappeared from Adam's overalls pocket. It's then revealed that the two teens, along with the convertible that Adam retrieved during his uh, rampage, have been shrunk to the size of insects. Some horny teen music plays as uh, she gives him a smooch. And then in a weird, disturbing turn of event, uh, Rick Moranis finds them using the little microscope there. And then instead of, you know, he just realizes that his son needs some time because the kid's like, hey, you know, giving him hand gestures and whatnot. And so his son, I mean, I guess he just allows his Dad, son I'm to Dad, I'm trying to get a hand job. This. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> gives him the privacy, a wink of approval. And we end on Big Bunny, who's still, who's still big. So that was a re, uh, recurrent theme in the in the uh, movies. Like first was the turkey, and then it was the big bunny, and the third one it's the uh, tiki right. in the back of the house. Oh, oh fuck, yeah, that's the, right! Wow, fuck. Yep. So it, I almost turned on the third one, by the way, after this, but uh, decided I need to cleanse myself, so I turned on sports. 
There you go. <laughs> the first one had the Cheerios bowl. So oh, that sure. was at least, you know, something yeah. that brought me back to that first one. Because there aren't uh, there aren't a lot of like set pieces in this one that like get you excited. There, there is the Las Vegas like climax here, but most of it is just like him running running around a suburb or inside a house or it just doesn't it lacks the that uh, original creativity but uh, but i'm uh, stepping on toes here jamie i'd love to hear what you your your thoughts on this so many years later because that is the end of the movie by the way that <laughs> is yeah we sped through that i apologize but uh i mean not a lot <laughs> it's like an 80 thankfully that's 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 one thing i'll say about it it is in and out it doesn't waste too much time yeah so. you know i will say rewatching it i got why i liked it as a kid you know as a kid you really don't notice how bad special effects are yeah granted in 92 this was not terrible um, but it's just like seeing it on the big screen as a child, it was like a larger than life. You see it like a huge ass baby. And like, I don't know why that's, it was so cool to me. And, and that started a, a love for film. Definitely not the reason why I wanted to write movies, <laughs> but, um, if it was dude, I would, uh, see you, be making the sequel right now. <laughs> I blew up three kids. Um, I guess I'll always love it because of its introduction to like fantastical things. And that's why I like a lot about films. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't hold up for my personal take of spoilers. Um, what would you give it in on the old tomato meter? It had a 40%. It had 40. A 40. The story is pretty bad. Special effects are middling. I, I'd say like a 20%. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's not awful. It's not like, you know, 0% territory. But uh, it, it it's uh, yeah. great for kids, I'm sure. I'm sure there are a lot of dumb kids that watch this and thought the same thing I did as a kid. Uh yeah, thanks to Disney Plus for that. Yeah, but uh, now I do, I do have to say, I think the lowest score we've ever given on this is like what, like a ten or something. Yeah, it was my yeah, fault. Yeah, we did give it. We've given a ten before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. you're so not far off, but yeah, I mean, yeah we've done worse, and yeah. I, I will honestly agree with that too. I think I think we have done worse movies than this. This was not mm-hmm. my favorite <laughs> experience, mm-hmm. but I will say, I think after watching that first one, I really reminded me of how. How fun and creative that first one. I think I'd still I think that movie, had we done that one, holds up for the most part. I, there are I issues with the storytelling and the visual effects in that one as well. Small little quibbles I have here sure. or there, but I think that's like a 65%, 70% movie. It's pretty solid. Yeah. This one, man, it just feels like they were there to, to get this done. It, it doesn't have that that energy. I will say, Rick Moranis, god damn it. I like that guy. He's just a likable screen presence. And so he can carry me a little way. The there, I did feel a lot of '90s nostalgia just based on how everyone was acting, the cliches, the music, the villains <laughs> of people's wardrobes. So that was kind of a fun, I don't know, fun little nostalgia kick. But seeing this for the first time, yeah, man, it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I will agree with you. I think this probably could be put on for kids to shut them up for an hour and a half. Uh, I don't think that there's anything egregiously offensive except for the creepy Carrie Russell shots and the N-word. And the N-word, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but I will say, for me, based on nostalgia's sakes, I don't know. I, I say go back to that first one. And the third one I have fond memories of, and maybe we'll get to it eventually, Zach, on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> we might. We yeah. might. <laughs> but, but I feel as though those two, just because they are so inherently linked to the that concept of just shrinking people, they're in, you know, crazy larger than life set pieces and scenarios. And that's what makes those movies fun for me. And if you strip that all out and all you have is the characters, 
you don't have much. No. <laughs> so so I'd give it I'd give it yeah right around there honestly. It's like an eighteen to twenty. I'll, I'll stick right there by you. It's I don't understand how it has a forty. No. <laughs> honestly, I don't. But you know I'm uh, I'm glad we at least did one of these movies. I wish we had done mm-hmm. one or three. <laughs> You know, that that is my biggest complaint is that we just didn't do one. <laughs> it seems to make a lot more sense to me, but I understand, especially with Jamie on, why we decided to do it. Um, it is, yeah, having not seen this movie either, i thrown off by how bad it is because I remember the other two being not terrible. So it's weird that out of the three of them, the second one is the worst one. That's just strange right. to me. But... Um, Especially that they would just come back, what, like from 92, five years later with a, you know, passable third movie. That's strange. That went direct to video. Yeah. Just odd to me. But doesn't matter that when we're talking about this movie. Yeah, I think it is really kind of hollow in plot. You know, it's essentially broken down into kid gets big, uh, kid causes mayhem movie ends you know that that it really is that simple because it's just a whole lot of nonsense and just like you know roads that go nowhere in between um the effects do not hold up maybe they held up back in 92 i was too young to know the difference back then so uh if you're an effects snob or you can't watch old movies because of the effects this won't do anything for you it's a rough watch um even I think by their standards, it's just kind of goofy. It's a little sloppy the way that they did it, um, especially because of how noticeable it is. Um, I, I do agree with you, Brandon. Uh, Rick Moranis, I think, does his best to carry the entire movie on his back. But even I think at a, at a certain point, he hits a wall of just like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, but other than that, he's super charming. I can't really say that about anybody else in this movie. Yeah. Um, the, I I will say this: the kid's a chode. the The giant <laughs> yes. baby is a chode. Good child actor, though, for his age. <laughs> yeah, the kid knows how the fuck to act. It's he, uh, pretty wild. Had a lot of lines, um, honestly. Yeah, there yeah, it had a ton of lines. Um, and so I'll give it a little props for that. Um, I I agree. Like, if you have a very small kid, put this on for a couple minutes to shut him up or her. Um, but she'll faint. Other than that. <laughs> Other than that, if you want to revisit for the nostalgia, you're, you're better off going and seeing one, maybe three. Um, one for sure, though, I think if you're really craving some Honey, I Shrunk or, you know, whatever this franchise can be. Yeah, fucking, if you're craving <laughs> some shrunk kids. Tagged us. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see some tiny-ass kids, you go see the first one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a 25. I think it's pretty bad. Nice. Um, don't think I'll go back and watch it again. So hey, there we go. Sense. Yeah. Had they explored his shit situation, how many points do you think we could have boosted it? I honestly, if they if we had talked about this baby's poop, at least another ten points, maybe more. Yeah, I agree. I would love just to see a big steaming pile in Vegas on the strip. I don't. It's missed opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, like crushes a car because he had too much fiber or something. Right. Yeah. Or not enough. Or not enough, and it drowns a rat. He also like the kid didn't get a peek into like a strip club or anything. (laughs) Right? Like he could have like busted the roof off and just seen like like titties and been like ah milk you know like some weird <laughs> oh, stupid Jesus. kid shit. Oh man, yeah, I'm that's tired. yeah. Well, we had mentioned, I mean, because this was written by or at least the story was first developed by those two 
you know, Brian Yuzna and Stuart Gordon. I would love to see a fucking horror version of this because that's what it is. If you sure. were shrunk, this would be a terrifying experience. And movies, there's a lot of movies, like we were saying, Inner Space, yep. you know, The Incredible Shrinking Man or Woman. I think they had both of them. Yep. But I like these concepts. I wish they were explored more. I guess they're just considered dumb now, but <laughs> there's something inherently just fun about it. I don't know. I mean, I, you know what? Just, yeah, Ant Man is, I guess, the closest we've got yeah. to it now. Yeah. yeah, you know what? If you're gonna reboot this franchise with Moranis and Gad, just hand it over to Nolan. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't shake the fact that I, I feel as though Rick Moranis is really gonna be just a, a Chevy Chase. Sure. Toss the handing off the reins there to Gad. Yeah, I, you know they could, this could benefit from a remake of the, the you know the updated special effects, but I feel like most of the appeal of that first and third movie is the tactile, like practical effects and sets and shit. Now I feel like it's just going to be a well, CGI I think, like, wash. Yeah, yeah, and I think like what you just said too, like it's not going to do anything that Ant Man hasn't already fucking done. Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Well, before we get into next week's episode, did you watch anything? Anything good or bad? Two new things that I've watched, which is fucking bizarre for me. Um, <laughs> I started watching Chef's Table. If you're into uh, food and you're into like documentaries, some fascinating shit going on in Chef's Table. Wait, is that um, the, that's not Favreau's thing? That's no, that's something I forgot what this that is. But this is more like a. It's almost like Vice News, but strictly for food. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, some really, really interesting stuff, and the food looks delicious. I get super hungry every time I see it. They just dropped a new season on Netflix. I picked it up for the first time. Really fun. Go ahead and watch it. Uh, the other thing I started watching, and again, I, I just picked up season one, but they dropped a new season, I think, earlier this week, or at least like a couple episodes of the f- second season. Uh, the Boys on Amazon Prime. Dude, I it took some real pushing for me to watch this because I'm so fucking over superheroes. I, <laughs> I, I can't do superheroes anymore. I just don't give a shit. This fucking show is awesome. It's so cool. I've heard nothing <laughs> but good things, but yeah, similar to you. It's I just, really, really so good. Many of those goddamn shows, I just yeah. Exactly. I know that's why I didn't want to watch it, and I finally I was like, it's got great reviews. Another se- like they picked up the third season already. I think I was like, fuck it, bite the bullet, watch an episode or two. It's more corporate griping than it is fucking anything. <laughs> like it's just super. Yeah, I mean, it, there is obviously like it. It, it kind of reminds me of the Watchmen a little bit where it's just like it's a lot grittier and darker and um there's a lot more of a realistic approach to the whole superhero thing but like a lot of it is just them being like well i hate that corporate's making me do this (laughs) it's just kind of funny um so yeah i fully recommend that show if you have an amazon prime i think it's really really good nice okay Jamie? Uh, Yeah, actually. uh, So first, uh, two quick things. First off, I've been rewatching what we do in the shadows, the show. I rewatched a movie recently. The show is way better. Really? I I didn't remember how good the show was until we started rewatching it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Recommended highly. Um, But actually, tying to this movie, um, Disney has a a channel, a series on the Disney Plus called Prop Culture. And I watched the episode on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids before this. And... They don't go into the behind the scenes as much, but they talk to people who created the props and stuff, and it's actually pretty cool. Like, oh. especially a lot of the you yeah. know actual sets and real world like applications yeah. they used in the first film. It, it's worth a look. There, there like there's like episodes in Pirates and Mary Poppins, but I only, okay. I only watch this one, obviously. <laughs> nice, dude. Okay, it's fun. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, 
Uh, I watched Class Action Park, which is a pretty dope oh, yeah. documentary on HBO about that uh, park up in New Jersey, that water park that was like running oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, a yeah. fun town splashdown by crack addicts. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, I, I recommend that one. And I don't think we talked about this last time on the show, but Bill and Ted face the music. Did we talk about that? We did not talk about it. I don't think we did. Yeah. Wow. Jamie, we watched that. Um, I liked it. We had, we had just actually watched the first two, which the second one I thought I had seen, I had never seen it. Honestly, I had seen the first one a couple times, but I think it's right in line with those other two. If you enjoy them, they kind of blend in together. Those they do. Two they movies. Do. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but I gotta say, yeah, it, Alex Winter fucking brought it. I mean, Keanu was great. He's usually great, but like Alex Winter really embodied, you know, his old self. Well, I mean, you know, you got fucking Keanu Reeves, who's in a fucking renaissance right now. Yeah. And then you got Alex, Alex Winter, Winter something who's to prove, like, I guess, who's sure. like, I've got Bill and Ted. This has to work. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a solid documentarian, I will say. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's just kind of strange seeing Keanu without the beard now. Yeah. I've really grown accustomed to that beard. And without it, it's a shock. Plus, he's one of those actors that are so big now. You and he's done a lot of action movies, so you see him in this. It's it's so out of out of place for him now. Yeah, that yeah, that is the main draw of that movie for me. I haven't seen it. I really want to. Yeah, um, is just that he. I mean, like he's fucking. You know, back when these movies came out, he was. You know, he was Ted or whatever. Um, but now he's yeah. fucking Neo and yeah. John John Wick. Like, yeah, it's, fu- these, it's yeah. crazy to see him just be like, and that's why I love Keanu Reeves, that he's just like, yeah, I'll do Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> and I will say, you know, it's I was worried going in because, you know, it's a long gestating sequel and it's always worrisome because they usually rehash a lot of the same jokes. But thankfully, this one references it, its old films as well as makes a story that's worth it on its own. And I think it's important. Yeah. It's I wouldn't cool. say it's a, you have to spend the 20 bucks to maybe like buy it right out the gate. But if it does, you know, if it comes out when it does come out on home video, or if you want to rent it when it comes out, maybe it'll cheaper price. <clears throat> say definitely, definitely worth the watch. Sure. Dope. I'll do that. <sighs> so next week, I think we got a real treat lying ahead of us. I think this one's going to hold up. Oh, I think so. I, in fact, I'm, almost positive it's going to hold up uh which is good because we we've been doing some real fucking <laughs> shit movies lately you're welcome <laughs> yeah thanks jamie um but uh i can't remember the the year it came out brandon 2003 I think it was 2003 that's 2003 right. dude oh. jamie wow <laughs> <laughs> but, that's the uh, end of the show <laughs> yeah that's it um <laughs> No, we're going back and we're watching School of Rock. School yeah. of Rock. Yeah. yeah. A solid comedy. I saw it in theaters. This was one that came out of nowhere and everyone wound up loving. I just remember it was like such an under the radar, nothing comedy, and then became a huge box office success. And isn't well, there a I, fucking stage musical now yeah. based off it or something? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you could make the... Uh, obviously, he was famous for other things at that point, but I think you could make the argument that this really launched Jack Black into a really solid movie career. Yeah, this is certainly what made him the star. We would get no Gulliver's Travels without School of Rock, you know. Probably wouldn't get Pick a Destiny without School of Rock. Or The Big Year. Uh, That's where him and Steve Martin and Owen Wilson are bird watchers. Did you ever see that one? You did? I did. Dude, kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't do it like on purpose. (laughs) 
Oh, right. Well, yeah, that is streaming on HBO Max. If you got that, you can check that out before the episode drops. You can check out all of our episodes on nbd.podbean.com, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I think Amazon Prime Music or, or Google Play. Google Play, or there's a few other ones. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Money. That's never going to work. I don't. That's not how advertising works. Well, I don't know. You'd, we're not, we're not going to find out unless we try. iHeartRadio. Give us Touché. money. You can also follow us on social media accounts. That includes Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, write us an email at nostalgia. Yep. Here we go. We, can you get it? You mess it up every time. I love <laughs> no, it. No, I never. I will never get it. <laughs> nostalgia right. be damned. I don't. At gmail.com. I don't. Yeah, nostalgia be damned pod at gmail.com. I don't own the, the email address, <laughs> clearly. I don't know why you thought it was a good idea to take over <laughs> and leave me with this. And uh, Jamie, anything you wanted to plug or say before we head out here? Uh, no. <laughs> Jamie. No, I, I, have, I have nothing. I don't have my blogs active, but I don't really do anything on it anymore. I don't do much. There's some dick pics on there, though. Oh, yeah. sure. Like 14 of them. Yeah. But who's counting? I am. Um, I will say, though. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'm glad. You're the one that keeps watching. Well, don't get too excited. <laughs> That's his only fan subscriber, yeah. Don't get too excited, because I'm also the person leaving kind of mean comments. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Yeah. Whack, whack Zorin. Like, it's kind of obvious. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I will say, though, I did hear episode 100. Again, congrats on your 100 episodes. Obviously, Thank more you. than that. Thank but, you. But uh, I heard Spencer's disparaging remarks about me, and I want to address that. Um, Spencer, this may be my fourth and final appearance, but it's still more than your first and only appearance. So oh, eat it. whoa. <laughs> wow. No, great job on the, uh, on the, on the commemorative VHS. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. still, that, there's no less. That's a throwdown. Yep. There's a challenge. Come on, Spencer. <laughs> Deep Blue C2 is ready to go. Oh, fuck. Spencer, Dude, that if, you can, if you can recommend a, a movie even marginally better than fucking <laughs> Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, we'll put you on this show. Jungle to Jungle was oh, kind no, of better. Ah, oh, it's right. It? I mean, did. honestly, that's a gun to my head. Which one do I choose? That's a Oh, Jungle one. to Jungle. Wow. Honestly, this it's like neck oh, and neck. Oh, wait. Neck. You know what? <laughs> yeah. It's now, neck and after, neck. Yeah. After saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please write a review and tell your stupid friends. <laughs> <laughs> tell those idiots you call friends. Yeah, no, I was going to say tell your friends about this stupid podcast, but I'm, I guess I'm just going to leave it in there and berate the audience for listening. Yeah, whatever. It's pretty clear we have disdain for our audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, love you, everybody. Have a good one. Wash your goddamn hands.